Welcome back to the Seven Star to the Right podcast. We're doing something a little bit different today. The coined phrase right now is meta talk. Meta talk. Um, table talk. Table talk. Meta talk. I'm sure there's table like talk. six different podcasts oh, already named table talk. So. Yeah. But basically what we wanted to do is uh, I've started preparing for the next session. But as Kirsten has brought up um, to me uh, off air is we would like a, an opportunity to sort of talk on air about some of the different things that are happening within the campaign itself, if we can call it that. I think you guys have kind of finished two arcs at this point. Sweet. Um, yeah. With the Glasgow Five Station and then the like the Blue Robin and then escaping from the escaping in quotation marks because you never really were ever in danger from them directly <laughs> but the beholder collective you're um, always in danger yeah. from space walmart and their low low prices i do <laughs> i do think they're more of a space amazon than space walmart oh that's fair because they, they're in a lot of different things whereas walmart's just really good at selling you Guns. Cheap stuff. Yeah. Guns. <laughs> and right next to the toy section. Hey, you got this whole chicken and a rifle? <laughs> Come to Walmart. <laughs> Buy two chickens, get a shotgun free. Today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. there, there isn't going to be any uh, role playing in this session here. This is mostly uh, a chance for us to discuss different things that are happening in the campaign um, from a story perspective, but also... Um, have like a, a session zero kind of deal where we sit down and say like what things we think are going well with the campaign, what things we think could be doing better, what we want to see more of. And we thought this might be a good thing to record. So we're doing that. So if you're listening right. to this, we decided to release it. <laughs> Feel free to skip. We will not judge. Yeah, that, that, is, that is another thing. This is a niche on top of a niche that is already uh role-playing podcasts so if you don't want to necessarily hear the table talk or the meta feel free to skip this episode um we won't lose any ad revenue <laughs> we, we don't have, have any ads. so uh, our sponsor yeah. was gonna be really mad at us though so. sponsored by raycon <laughs> <laughs> yes they found us <laughs> And you can hear all about it with your new uh, whatever. (laughs) Don't actually start advertising for people. Uh, mm, Yeah. (laughs) So I have a a list of questions here that were um, submitted by me. Um, (laughs) On our Tumblr. On Uh, Jeff's Tumblr. On on my own Tumblr that is private. Uh, Is is that a thing? Private Tumblrs? Doesn't that kind of defeat the point of Tumblr? I think so. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Mm. Uh, he never own, tags any of his posts. On my own <laughs> internal Tumblr in my mind. And I, I think we'd like to start off with at least the question that kind of started off this idea of the meta episode. Because you guys didn't freaking talk about it like at all in the moment. What are your th- current thoughts on the uh, the two generals prophecy? Je- Jeff is not at all bitter about that. By the oh, way. absolutely not. Not at all. Not even a smidge. <laughs> all right. Let's pull it up. Um, I I can pull it up and read through it real quick. I got it up on my screen. You read it like three times last (laughs) night. (laughs) Yeah, he kept trying to get us to talk, and we're like, yep, that sure is what the prophecy says. (laughs) Anyway, back to my... Cool, man. Firebird. Got it. (laughs) We have one man on our ship, so that's the sun. (laughs) (laughs) That one man refuses to talk about anything interesting, which is part of the problem. Alex spends a lot of time talking about... Why we hate Tony? <laughs> <Thinking> it's, that's <laughs> occupying most of his mind. So, 
That's funny. Yeah, why, why don't we talk about prophecies and cool. stuff? Because, yeah. yeah. like, they're, they're inherently going to pan out <laughs> one way or another. So it's like... Yeah, and I, I guess, like, not only discussing the context of that one prophecy itself, we also had the earlier one, which also had a very a lot of grandiose language that you wouldn't necessarily know exactly what things lined up. It was kind of the, the kickoff. It didn't specify, like, one particular point or thing. Um, yeah, I hmm. mean, yeah, that's very true. I think the second one was a little bit more. The first one talks about Space Cthulhu, I believe. And I, uh, I quote, think it was Space Kraken. There is something in the abyss, <laughs> ancient, same, same. unknown. Yeah. Right. It is coming. Cthulhu is trademarked, so we can't actually use that. <laughs> that's true. New Thulu. Yeah, I guess I guess it's the second. <laughs> New Space Thulu. <Cthulhu. laughs> now with less sugar. New Thulu. <laughs> and ancient I lay New Thulu <laughs> slumbers. I, I guess the, the second prophecy, and I didn't even really think about it, but it definitely is more focused than the first one, which was, I don't know, Claire was worried about other shit at first. And she's like, I'm, I guess I'm going to stick around with these people. Time to see into their future. But I don't think the, the impact of it has quite settled in yet, at yeah. least to Alex. It's not, it's like, Oh, well, she has these prophecies and people are looking for her because of them. So, like, they're important to somebody, but nothing's panned out that makes Alex be like, oh, yeah, like, the, this is the universe ending thing that we have to solve as mm -hmm. people, as yeah. opposed to Alex just being like, somebody, somebody will hear the prophecy I and mean, that's some the, shit will happen. That's a classic RPG thing, right? Is like you're playing as just normal people and then quite often you end up as the now you have to go save the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which you're going to have a lot of trouble steering us in that direction because we are very much minding our own business. <laughs> if some like sector ending cataclysm is on the way and you guys choose not to deal with it, that is a story, right? That's um, true. And I, that, that's one of the things that I, I definitely I want to be careful about is it, it's kind of obvious, maybe not obvious, but to some extent, Claire is my sort of what's the word like Mouth telephone to piece. you guys mouthpiece exactly it, it, it's a way for me to say this is a thing um quite directly to you guys and I, I i want to try and avoid removing player agency because of that i i do know that i have in the past uh saddled you with different npcs because <laughs> the stars without number system is a deadly deadly system um, the last combat, well, the, the combat before the last combat, Nona took one hit from a big thing okay. and nearly died outright. Well, wouldn't have necessarily died, but would have caused... Yeah, if they were going to drag my body back to the ship, I would have been fine. <laughs> it turns out a healer is a lot less effective when half the people that have to heal, they cannot heal. <laughs> it's just all right. Then. And another another part of that, the NPC, we just don't want to heal him. <laughs> I can't put drugs in this one. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I'm lost here. So, um, but anyway, get, getting back to the prophecies, would it be useful to have them be more impactful? I like having them have this this sort of higher meaning. I don't want to just say, here's a here. thing that's going to mm -hmm. happen unless you stop it. I like having uh, a sort of a mysticism around it and maybe not necessarily a thing that you have to necessarily interact with, but... This is a big thing that's going to be happening that may affect you, if not directly, indirectly. Does that make sense? I think, yeah. I think that the way that 
prophecies just kind of work though is a I think one I think they should be vague but two I think if you've tried to interact with them too much they have a tendency to go south and then happen anyway yeah like the the Oedipus Rex thing right you're gonna kill your father and marry your mother. Oh no! And then runs away from his step parents, who he loves, and smack dab straight into like his biological parents. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. try. Mm-hmm. You try and avoid your destiny, and then it comes for you, and then it's already pissed off. So I th- I think that there is this kind of more modern fantasy thing too, of like prophecies are just so so often done that the the big moment is the acceptance of the prophecy and of you being a major actor in them yeah. as opposed to like finding out the prophecy and like and doing that it's more like a i i choose to be the hero of this story and that that becomes like a a thing yeah i think the inevitability is definitely a part of it like it's it's going to happen and i mean maybe each of us for our different reasons kind of feels that way of just like oh, okay well good, good to keep in mind but there's not much else to do about it Um, I do think a part of it also is, though, that we haven't hit that Guardians of the Galaxy point yet where we're just a bunch of assholes, but we haven't like the sector isn't a place that we live that we have to save type of thing yet. We're just going about our business. Give me that man's arm. We'll figure something out. I would say I think Micah definitely has roots. Um, Alex and Nona are definitely a little bit more free form. Um, You guys can necessarily speak to that, but. Micah has like a place that she want to, oh, yeah. wants to go back to and things that she wants to do on that place. Yes, and I got people who are sort of like pulling die. at this proverbial sweater <laughs> strand and just seeing where this goes. She's going to pull the thread. Somebody's going to walk away and then the sweater will be ruined. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Destroyed even. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you guys want to discuss the context of, I mean, I think there was already some discussion as to like the context of uh, at least the first one um, with the, the moat of dusk and the expanse and kind well, of an yeah, idea that's... of who the different people were relating to in the first one. And then there's obviously some inklings in the second one as to different people who they might line up to, as we specifically said, mm. um, there's only <laughs> one Tony son Tony. on this ship. He's like, Hey, did you guys hear that prophecy? Isn't it wild that they're talking about you, Alex? <laughs> And your friend Micah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. I mean, yeah. That was that was the thing I was wondering about is I do think there's actually a little bit of flexibility to who the daughter could be, right? Yeah, it's like right. when you do prophecies, you could be talking about yourself in the third person. That's totally allowed. Yeah, so, so it could, it could be, Claire. be Claire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I would necessarily consider nona to have a mother but if you wanted to you know bend and twist a little bit there's that um Mm. at least how i how i conceived of it given that her origin story was she kind of got abandoned somewhere yeah like Uh, i I feel like it could count though like if it ended up being like oh dr samantha calvin is alive and she's a general like oh she's most definitely alive yeah then that would track (laughs) i think with the prophecy (laughs) right tony what do you think (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we just like we just randomly speaking of like prophecy things and foreshadowing, we just randomly in the info dump episode got a also there was some discussion about mapping a human's body or mapping a human's brain onto an AI or something like that. We just kind of just slipped that in there and then didn't really go anywhere. So basically, there's either Dr. Samantha Calvin is alive and 
and the body of what I hope to be a giant death bot, because that would be awesome. <laughs> but but some robot somewhere. Or me and Quinn and any other creations we find will have turned out to have been like past humans with their memories wiped or something. Yeah. Freaky. Yeah, that's my that's my guess anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, science marches onwards. And that it does. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely plan on inserting a bunch of different sci-fi tropes and ideas into the different places that you visit. Um, obviously, that the last one was very heavy into robotics because it was kind of both a uh, kind of like a, a transitional period between you guys running to choosing where you want to go, as well as um, Nona um, finding a little bit more out about her past and what how she came to be. And the next part will probably, uh, spoilers, but because they're going back, you guys are going back to Orsiame, where Micah and Claire from those um, backstories might be... Um, more relevant. Might be there. Well, <laughs> might be fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. uh, obviously, Micah has a, a place to go back to, to some extent, but uh, w- w- without getting too far into what, what what's coming up next. So we talked a little bit uh, about prophecies then and how they are interesting and fun, but not necessarily like useful. Yes. In the moment. (laughs) They're useful. Like there's, I don't know if anybody else. Well, actually I do know Phillips read Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Mm -hmm. They always have like prophecies in that one and they always figure them out like three fourths of the way through the prophecy. And then they use that information to kind of steer the ending in a way that the prophecy is still fulfilled, but it goes the good way as opposed to the bad everybody dies way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, that's sort of what I would expect to happen here as well. This one's maybe a mm. little bit less time arcing, so yeah, it's going to be but, a little bit harder to do that. But but yeah, I do think there's something to be said for if you can figure out every part of the prophecy, like when you hear it, it's just not a very cool prophecy. Like I mean, you, you got to get partway through and that's like, oh, it, it, and then maybe it helps you. Yeah. Helps you further toward the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll- One thing that I do want to say is uh, just because of the nature of um, the RPG and I am not a story writer, <laughs> right? It, I am a GM, which are they're depending on how you want to do it. They're, Similar but very different things. Um, you guys are, we're effectively joining in this sort of collaborative in uh, storytelling environment. So I can't necessarily plan out uh, this is route A, the prophecy can go, and this is route B, the prophecy can go. And I'll, I'll explain those two and then force them that way because there's a very possible chance you guys say, like, what if we want the prophecy to go uh, the part C way? <laughs> so I, I see them more as uh, either things that are currently happening or it's sort of already in the work. So there isn't necessarily, they have enough inertia right now that you wouldn't be able to stop it now that you hear it yeah. or um, just general warnings about things or people or places or things. I said things twice, but yeah. Yeah. Nouns. <laughs> things are uh, person, places, things, or things ideas. can be scary. They could be anything. Yeah. Like say giant, <laughs> scorpion robot thingy Mm -hmm. um i have two minor things that i want to point out about the prophecies a thing that philip also caught the last time when we were 
reading this for clarity comes at a cost. That is 100% a pun and means that people are going to be chasing us down if we keep Claire around. For clarity. Clarity. Mm-hmm. I'm confident of this. Cool. And the only other question I have that maybe other people have a better idea on is they did have the eyes and minds lie in their presence which, you know, there's an obvious interpretation of that. Like people can make you see what you want to see, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. But there's like also the Beholder Collective whose symbol is an eye. And I don't know if those two are related at all, but if not, it's an interesting coincidence. So I want to point out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree (laughs) with that. Cool. Yeah. Sure. Maybe you guys will learn more as you... um proceed through the story i have a couple of other story questions we can skip over them if people either have thoughts on them or don't because we i i think right now in the the 15 sessions that we've done so far we've delved the most into nona's backstory probably we've taken a light dip in alex's (laughs) and then immediately left um super so this might be most relevant to uh kirsten or or nona specifically any major thoughts about Kyle Reed, Samantha Calvin, and Quinn? <laughs> like, obviously, you talked already a little bit about latching on to this idea of imprinting uh, a human or, like, yeah. someone's mind onto an AI and how that might be used for uh, Samantha Calvin's benefit, but Kyle Reed and Samantha Calvin. One of the things I am I was worried about at the time, and I've, I still think about it a little bit, is there's this idea of, Fridging a character. Um, I know you guys never necessarily met Kyle Reed, but there is this idea of when you fridge a character, you, I think there's a couple of different ways to go about like describing it, but the basic idea is you kill someone else's significant other in order to sort of um, force that person to do a thing. And I don't know, I, I'm always worried about falling into, you know, bad tropes when I'm, I'm doing these writings or, or bad stereotypes. Did you guys necessarily like anything about any of that? Have any comments or cons- or uh, concerns about? I mean, now that you mention it, I can see that going that way, but it definitely didn't occur to me at the time. It's like, yeah, sometimes people die and other people don't die. <laughs> it didn't really Tracks. force us to do anything. Yeah, no, that- I don't think like we found it and then we're like, that's some cool information. And then we kept like everything we did after that. Mm was gonna happen anyway. So I don't think it's necessarily forcing on a path. Now, if I was a revenge-driven individual, that might've been a, I must find the killer. But right now it's mostly just a, let's keep an eye out for people because that looks like a bad way to die. And Mm. let's make sure that doesn't happen to us. Yeah, if anything, I mean, I would see it as Kyle Reed being fridged for Dr. Samantha Calvin. That's kind of how I was saying it. Yeah. Which, I mean, if it's not kind of compelling us to go any particular direction, that was like, yeah, that's a story. Yeah, it's I'm true. into it. I don't know. Sure thing ex- happened to some other people yeah. way back when. Yeah, tropes exist because, you know, it, it lends itself to a story sometimes. And, you know, sometimes it's, hey, this is fine. This is the reason she did it. And then other times it's like part of a different story. It, it's it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's falling into a trope for bad reasons, you know? Like, the, there's definitely some tropes that exist out there that um, are associated with maybe not so great things about just historical past, whether it's uh, racial or sex, uh, sexism or kind of things. 
um, because fridging oftentimes dealt with like I think it specifically came from like the Flash or something like that. I uh, do was, not know. It was some comic book hero uh, came back to find his wife in a fridge. Hence the, the, the someone the who's term. read a bunch of comics, leave a comment on the YouTube section. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's but, be honest with ourselves. But it, oftentimes it was killing off a female character. Um, almost as like a joke or to force the the male character to do something. So it's oftentimes associated with that sort of sexist sort of trope writing. And I just, you know, trying to avoid those different types of things. For sure. Mm-hmm. I've actually encountered a kind of similar thing that I'm sure has a trope on page on TV tropes because what doesn't, but I've always referred to them as the vase Whereas if you have a character of any gender, but almost definitely, almost always female, and they're there and then they die, if their impact on the story is so little that you could have replaced them with a vase and instead like the main character be like, oh no, my favorite vase has broken. And like, that would still make sense for the story. That's not good character writing. That's yeah. that's bad. Don't do that. They're effectively like they're reduced to an object, literally at that mm-hmm. point. Exactly. So, any any major thoughts about those characters or the things in the backstory? I think we've already sort of discussed some of the ideas behind what might be happening there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I figure we're probably gonna find out some more about Samantha Calvin as we go on, and maybe it'll kind of fall more into place, but not so much right now. Cool. Yeah. So obviously, this past session, uh, Tony dropped a uh, a couple Tony. of bombs um, <laughs> on you guys, specifically stating uh, something along the lines of Claire having like two s- strands of this metadimensional energy within her, and thinking that the two of them are somehow related in how they got their powers. Well, it's interesting because Tony knows how he got, like, not exactly how he got his power, but, like, more or less because his dad took him aside and was like, listen, son, you're going to have this power someday. Then he ended up with it, which means the dad is probably involved somehow, which reminded me of My Hero Academia. There's a superpower (laughs) that can be passed on by just a person is like, hey, have my superpower. Here you go. I think, and I think I said this, so I'm just going to say it um, because I don't know how well you guys keep notes, but he said his dad died yeah, and passed yeah. the powers on. Yeah. So it wasn't like, a, here you go, son. Now it's your turn to be this thing. Yeah. So it is some kind of inherited superpower thing, though. But yeah, specifically because the dad died, it seemed like. Yeah, it's not like they could have stopped it. They're like, all right, this power dies with me. It's more like it's always going to exist. In a generation. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's neat. Sweet. Yeah. All right. For sure. Moving. He needs to stop going around and touching people, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a little Seriously. intrusive. Without like, permission, rude. I mean, you guys already disliked him. So. <laughs> no. Well, it's, it's a, this is an actual reason. <laughs> this is an actual like, reason. Now. Like, Alex is never going to let him just, like, touch yeah, him yeah, again. Yeah. Just like common courtesy. He, he did it once without any kind of permission, and that's not cool. Mm-hmm. That's not cool to Alex. Stupid yeah. Tony. Uh, one that is both a, a story question, but also a little bit of a, um, uh, a how it was presented to you guys 
What were your thoughts on the, the, the faction report and how it was presented, that sort of write-up newspaper kind of deal? Um, I explained it a little bit at the time, but there's this idea of, in Stars Without Number, this is, there's this whole faction system where I write up a faction for like the Beholder Collective, and they take effectively a, a, a almost like a board game turn, um, trying to uh, enact their specific goal. And then from that, I put together this sort of document of information of how it may have gone out, uh, taken this mechanical element and put it into a story element, and then perhaps drop some little Easter eggs or something else uh, throughout that. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on just one the idea of that sort of report getting dropped on you guys. And then additionally, any thoughts on any like particular story within that? I think it's cool. I think it's a good system to kind of provide information to, to the players and the players being able to use that to kind of piece whatever they want together, their private stories, their overarching things. I think, I think it's a really cool system. Yeah, I think it's just funny that she came in and she was like, newspaper time. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> so read all about it. And I, we did. And we just kind of pulling back the curtain. I was like, we're running out of time here. And I already wrote these up and I want to get into it right now. So it's like, newspapers, newspapers here. Read your newspapers because we're nearing an hour and 30 minutes. It was so <laughs> subtle, Jeff. I almost didn't even notice it without you saying something. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the faction system is definitely very cool, and I like that. Yeah, I mean, the newspapers definitely worked. Uh, I could imagine other ways that maybe that could be integrated if there's more time in an episode or something. It's like, yeah, you know, walking by a, a TV set and something's on the news, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it worked perfectly well. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, yeah, nice to see how things are moving outside of just where we're directly interacting with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes the makes the world seem a little bit more alive. Yeah. Yeah. Than just me putting like building the ground beneath <laughs> you as you walk forward. Yeah. I think that I don't know who most of those people are. I'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, because we ha we hadn't had, well, you don't have a ton of, or no, no, I should specifically say, yeah. doesn't have a ton of ties into current events, whereas yeah, maybe Micah right. and Alex more do. Um, and considering like you also had a bunch of information being given to you um, via the Glasgow 5 space station, or is maybe a little less for you. He has a name, Jeff. No, no. <laughs> no, I, she said the Glasgow 5 space station. I was oh. joking about it being Quinn. Oh, I know it, it's not actually. That's what the five that's what that's the five's for. Funny. Yeah, it is what Oh, shit. Is Quinn's the last name. Glasgow Quinn. <laughs> Glasgow Quinn. I love you it. You need to call her Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> your friend's there. You're there. So... Going back to, to your point, Philip, about perhaps also n maybe not every single time being given just this sheet of paper, which we read from, perhaps slipping that information in, like, in-universe a little bit more. Would you want to know that it is coming from this system when you get it? Or just would you rather not know the system sort of exists and just this there's this interjection of this outside material occasionally happening. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't feel like I would necessarily need a flag of like, this is what this means, because I figure you're kind of you know putting together a story with several moving parts. And so, I mean, I'd be fine with however we kind of come across that information. Yeah, I don't know how the system works, if it's like the 
Um, you said that there were like turns. So the beholders like take their turn. They roll. You find the action. So like whenever whenever you do that, there will be some kind of interstellar radio. I'm assuming news organization on on the uh, ship mm-hmm. that Alex is just gonna have playing in the background. If you're like this one is a really important like move and want to interject there mm-hmm. um, during the many downtimes we'll probably have on the ship. But like, <laughs> yeah, I I think so there. If uh, if the world is moving beyond newspapers at any at any nearby point, I'm just I'm I'm definitely going to bring out my. This is inner system news, <laughs> okay. news radio with Ryan Seacrest. Yay! <laughs> He's not dead. God. Yet. I, will, <laughs> I will say I think in terms of gameplay, it might be a little bit easier to react to and digest if we encountered a story at a time as opposed to the big ones and here's the other little bullet points of things Mm -hmm. i don't know how other people feel about that though because i'm assuming they they all take their turn and it all happens at the same time so if you were gonna also intersperse it more we wouldn't that information would be staler when we got it so Uh, the idea behind the system is it happens uh, once every month or so, more or less, depending on how many sessions yeah. it's taking for that month to happen. So obviously you guys haven't spent a month together. I think I actually have it written down somewhere that you've spent, I think it's about two weeks together, 14 right. days. I- Half of it mostly just in space by yourselves. But um, that's what spike drives are for. You were about to say something. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's one of those things that it's tough to work in a story and not just feel like you're interrupting the gameplay Mm. and be like, also, while you guys are sitting around, you got this news to do that. So I'm, I'm totally fine with like, if if the opportunity doesn't present itself, but you like finish around or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, here are the stories you guys missed. Um, here's the piece of paper. Here's a newspaper that that comes in once a month that like yeah. sums up everything that I didn't get to uh, yeah. get to put in live. Is is kind of my mm-hmm. feeling on it. And, and one of the things that? that that's useful yeah. about this this system, so the system happens that there's a turn. All of them act at the same time. The mm-hmm. idea is this takes place over like a month, so it's not like. These all just happened last yeah. Thursday. Breaking news. Elsewhere. <laughs> Everything occurs at the same time. Um, but one of the, the really neat ideas that I like about this, well, just this setting, is that information still cannot travel faster than light. So that the fastest way things can travel is through spike drives, which we're, we're almost like if you want to sort of scrape away the sci-fi veneer, it's almost like you guys are effectively sailing around and going mm-hmm. to different islands rather than, you know, uh, flying through space and going to different planets. Um, so th- there is just a little bit more of a slow crawl of that information, which I've always found interesting, like not being able to know exactly when this thing happens, just like, oh, the only way that I could have possibly heard about this is if it traveled through me through by spike drive, which would probably take at least three or four days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah which means this is like old news based on like wherever it happened. But now I'm just learning about it, which is kind of neat. What is cool that implies like the reemergence of newspapers and data slates and things like that, because what, what do people have people invented a way to send just radio waves through spike drives? They probably have like essentially usbs that they spike drive to different planets and are like hey play, play this or you know uh, yeah the data effectively stuff. that yeah so newspapers they're cool they're back sweet yeah actually <laughs> does make sense 
And I do think that it's nice um, to cover those smaller bullet point things at the bottom where you don't want to just have like the big headlines, but a couple other points to sprinkle in. I think the, the newspaper worked pretty well for that. A food column. <laughs> <laughs> oh like my really God. best restaurants. Like, uh, and, and what is it? When those ask for advice columns. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember the name of any uh, of them. Misconnections. Yeah. Uh, Dear Abby <laughs> got mail. was the big one, I think. Dear Abby, yeah. Um, yeah. No, cool. I would probably write into one of those. I'm just saying. Dear Abby, how do you know so many things? <laughs> <laughs> Who tells you these things? I remember actually, sorry, completely derailing the conversation. But when I was younger, I regularly used to read the Dear Abby column. And then she, they always had her picture there too. And then the woman who was doing that passed away and her daughter took over and 12-year-old person, I don't even remember how old it was, lost all interest because that wasn't the real Abby anymore. <laughs> dear, how dare you. Yeah. Dear <laughs> Abby, how dare you stand where she stood? <laughs> More or less, I was ticked. Dear Abby, what gives you the right? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> exactly. Uh, She's like, I'm over this. And I don't I don't think any of the advice really changed. It's just the picture changes. I was like, no, you can't do that. You gotta rename the column. That's funny. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, all right. Cool. That that gives me some good ideas about how how to better sort of dole out that information, depending on how you guys sort of end up spending your 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 time together. Give it to Alex when he's listening to the radio or something or uh overheard newscasts. Um, so Alex is always listening to the radio, so it's nice cool. not to be in silence. <laughs> <laughs> I have another one, and this one I'm actually kind of interested in what people's answers are. Um, based As on the story, to all the others. <laughs> well, wow. so the, the other ones may or may not have had like good answers because you don't really have big thoughts about Kyle Reed and Samantha Calvin and all Jeff, that. Jeff, I'm sticking to the script you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> These, you weren't supposed to talk about that, David. Them, can't call them bad answers. <laughs> give you more bad answers anyway (laughs) you were saying um based on the story so far what genre of sci-fi would you classify our podcast as oh i don't know i don't know enough about genres of sci-fi no Mm. are we like space opera is that like a yeah space opera space space western Western. definitely somewhere i would say in between those two space Space opera space western and then there's also like the the hard science ones where space film noir you, you don't like in order to talk to another spaceship that's like seven light minutes away, you don't get the response until seven light minutes and stuff yeah. like that. Well, I mean, I think with the introduction of the newspapers and like the sort of idea of people being separated like that because they're separated by so much distance, like that just that screams space western to me and our whole like both Firefly ship and Firefly attitude of this is none of my business. Let me do my Firefly job and move daughter. on is not also that. hurting that opinion. I, I will say I am a big fan of Firefly and it's kind of obvious. Some <laughs> of Couldn't tell. Perhaps the choices that I've made throughout building this campaign. Um, Claire. Intro music. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the great thing about TTRPGs and, and, things like this in general is that if you want to take an arc and you want to do the murder mystery, like do that. If you want to like, you know, do do whatever, like drop that in. It's, it's not like 
we're sticking to a genre necessarily. It's yeah. like we're we are a sci-fi universe, and there's some wild shit happening, yeah. like kind of everywhere. Mm. Um, I, I kind of meant more of like like the overall tone because there's obviously parts of it that were a little like the space derelict that was uh, a little more grungy than we had sort of been doing everything else before. Mm. So like there, there's definitely. Uh, arcs that like as you were saying have different sort of feels and tones to them but overall i i would definitely say like i agree with you philip and kirsten it kind of feels a bit in between like a space western and a space sort of opera where it's it's in space and <laughs> yeah, we're doing sure stuff in space we and got guns true. bad Horses. things are probably happening but we don't go oh. too much into those bad things that are happening kind we should of. get a space horse we have the motorbikes. You guys, we need to sell the motorbikes. Have like a dog money. that no one That's likes. That's true. We can't probably ride shouldn't. We're not. We're not <laughs> ready for the like... battle. <laughs> we could ride that dog. I've thought about like the same when I just said we could, could ride, ride that, that dog. dog. Stronger than a normal battle. dog, right? Yeah. It's strong. It is heavier than a normal it's dog. Than a normal <laughs> dog. <laughs> that is that is basically how I denote that anyone is <laughs> a robot. A, yeah, robot. Yeah, sure. a little bit heavier than it should be. Not by too much. Just a little. It's just Never ask the like, lady her weight. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should not get a space horse. That would go very poorly. We are not ready to take care of animals. Uh, I'm, I'm going to skip around a little bit because obviously... Um, we were talking a little bit about how my um my love for Firefly and some of the other references. Obviously, like you could see, uh, Tony maybe just has uh, Rogue's powers from X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, what that happens? No. It's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, but the, the, the biggest question is like I, I definitely oh, steal. Or oh my god, this things. person can teleport. Wow, that's Nightcrawler. <laughs> like oh, yeah. oh my god, this guy has lasers. That's a Cyclops, except it comes out of their gun and not their eyes. Like, <laughs> Like, you know, every Cyclops there is only one story and it is X-Men. <laughs> Everything is derivative. <laughs> yeah, that, that's completely fair. But disclaimer, I know that Cyclops doesn't fire lasers. They're concussive gla- blasts. He punches you with his eyeballs and those punches are pink. That's pretty blobs. awesome. Fun times. Yeah. I, I meant more like, obviously every, everything is derivative. Everything is almost always built of building blocks of something else. Um, I meant more so there are very obvious references in my story to very particular parts of media. And some of them you guys have immediately seen, and some of them have sort of flown under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, not a super important one, but Kyle Reese is the guy who goes back in the Terminator. Right. So Kyle Reed, similar mm-hmm. name, but like- Yeah, it, that's different. <laughs> that's yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at you're is... Not, you're not coming out with, like, an Arnie impression and being like, yes, welcome, I am here to... <laughs> like, Everyone know? named Kyle is automatically suspected of being a time traveler from here on out. Write it down. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm... I'm never doing time travel. I'm, I'm just going to say yeah, that yeah, right no, now. No, not dealing it's with time travel. <laughs> if you guys do time travel, you're going into an alternate reality. Um, that is how yeah, we're handling universes. it. Yeah. There could um, be more notice. Not trying to do this, none of this closed loop nonsense. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so hard. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but what I meant more from uh, these references is obviously, and maybe this goes into a little bit of like the tone of the show and our, our podcast and just what we're doing here. But 
there's definitely like uh if we're trying to have a serious moment and the guy that you're talking to is named Bodie McBoatface, <laughs> like you, you kind of see like it, it brings you out a little bit. If you're obviously mm. talking to, I don't know, rogue from X-Men or Cyclops from X-Men with his punchy eyes. Heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think as like, even if we can automatically say like, Oh, these are Tony's powers, Tony, who's also Sasuke. And but like, <laughs> but at this point we're just like talking to Tony, and he's kind of his own person. But now he's like, kind of just a happy fine. Sasuke because I didn't it's like the. You, you didn't really want to commit to making him a full asshole, which I do appreciate. It's it's so funny because he was a jerk, and then we were like, we're gonna just ignore this character, and then you were like, no, wait, but he's not relevant. Please come back. And he just changed who he was as a person. Yeah, that's the, like. This is my obviously my first time DMing like a campaign, so I'm definitely trying to work on tone and keeping characters consistent. I think Rodana has had like three or four different voices, <laughs> um, which is a variation of gruff. And then also just, I think the first time I introduced her, she was kind of like just high up here and eloquent and all of that. And like, that doesn't sound right for her. So... Uh, yeah, there's definitely times where I will retcon the shit out of how a character um, acted before. But yeah, yeah, I guess just getting back to you like references, fine with references. At least the ones that have been made so far haven't been super, super intrusive. Like obviously the first one was Claire, mm -hmm. um, who is River Tam. Yeah. Um, almost unabashedly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's, she's a little more sane, but yeah, she's kind of River Tam. That's good because I don't think we would be able to like handle a full River Tam. Oh, We're yeah. barely I mean, holding that, it together as a space family why, as it is. That's definitely <laughs> why, um, oh, what's his name? I, the, the doctor yeah. um, is sort of around to sort of be her handler in that yeah, yeah, show yeah. because everyone on the Fireflies did not like <laughs> River Tam. Chuck her into space, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's it's one of those things where whatever character you put in front of us, like we go yes, and this person, you know, we'll we'll, mm -hmm. we'll give you we'll give you shit. We'll be like, yeah. Yes, I, we we see it, but like we're gonna we're gonna interact and talk to to this character. Awesome. Um, yeah. In German. I think that, <laughs> I think that like as long as German. you know they fit into this story that we're telling in this setting. It's like, okay, yeah, it's funny. That's River Tam, but we can deal with it. It's totally fine. Yeah. I, there was a, a not Brett Spiner. There was a, a Brandon Spiner. Brandon Spiner. Yeah. Uh, so my character is fairly loosely based off of data from Star Trek and Brett Spiner is the actor who plays him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and like Tony LeBeau is, Anthony LeBeau, which is Annie LeBeau, which is Rogue. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's lovers. Do you, right. Annie LeBeau's real, it's, uh, it's, it's, okay. Rogue's real yeah. name is Annie yeah. LeBeau. Sure. I, I can see that. All right. Cool. Um, uh, but his name's you Tony. You didn't just go with like Andrew with like an Andy. I feel like is uh, Drew. I don't know. I liked Anthony. Went a couple more steps. <laughs> yeah, this is what we're gonna give you shit about now. You changed the name wrong. <laughs> I changed the name wrong. Um. So I, I, I guess this, um, since we're kind of into how I am crafting this story, we can talk a little bit more about, more table talk about that the meta, actually how we put this together. So Stars Without Number is meant to be a sandbox system. Um, it is unabashedly like you have 
these sort of structures in order to uh, work within like the scream and spike drives and some of the different sort of tech that exists is sort of that structure for you to build your own RPG or campaign or something like that. Um, and it's really meant to be about just people trying to live within this society, going between the different planets and how those different planets sort of interact and just being able like a sandbox effectively and not supposed to necessarily have a bunch of narrative inertia to it. Um, obviously, I'm running this campaign with um, quite a bit of narrative inertia when it comes to prophecies and certain things that are obviously happening in the background that you don't necessarily know what they are, but you keep seeing like little peaks up of. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just wondering, uh, are you guys happy right now with the level of narrative that's happening do you guys feel railroaded at any time so this sort of ties into player agency and is this what a, what like my character will do or am i having fun being sort of taken along this narrative journey because i'm definitely trying to tell a story but also give you guys options within that story to say you know what i don't i don't want to be here so i'm gonna go away kind of deal so what are your just general thoughts on that um i think alex can probably speak the most to it because I, uh, Alex uh, in his heart of hearts is a coward um, <laughs> and doesn't want to deal, doesn't want to be under fire, doesn't want to be hurt. He wants to get the fuck out of the way. And I've, I'm perfectly good with, with where we are, I think. Like, I don't feel particularly railroaded. I'll, you know, Alex got his say in before going down to the thing and was convinced that it was kind of the best option. Yeah, and if mm -hmm. he hadn't been, he might not have gone if he'd been super pissed off. So yeah, I, I don't know. I feel pretty good about it. Cool. Yeah, no, I haven't felt railroaded really. I feel like it makes sense every path we've kind of gone down and we've had a choice, you know, when we got to Glasgow 5 where we could have just kind of pieced and not helped them out. And that would have changed the direction of things pretty dramatically, at least for that mm -hmm. <clears throat> section of story. Yeah, I mean, Micah's definitely getting to kind of pursue the things that she's trying to do. This has all kind of made sense for her, um, her trajectory. So yeah, no, it, it's all felt totally fine to me. Cool. I think Nona kind of railroads herself in a very much, uh, this is a, <laughs> the one direction I am running in kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you can just move that around in the, you know, various galaxies and whatnot. And just like straight line. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, not not a problem for me because that's sort of what the character is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I think where I would run into trouble in the future, I don't think we've had this happen before, but a large period of time with not knowing where to go at all, mm -hmm. like without having that point in the distance on the horizon that you run directly towards, I think would make the character a little bit less driven to do stuff in general. Um, yeah. But, you know, she's also always happy to just tag along with others. Safety in numbers kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess I asked this question because um, I, I'm definitely very close to everything that I'm writing, right? And there have definitely been times where, at least a couple of times, where it felt like you guys had a trajectory or something that you were going to do. 
you're going to land on Gal. You're going to sell off this thing that we haven't even talked about recently like that. Um, <laughs> right. That Navi- oh, uh, I it? the communication the, device yeah. that was plugged yeah. into uh, the Blue to, Robin. Uh, to Dix. Um, <laughs> you guys were going to sell that off. I, re- I, yeah. I remember editing and known as like carrying this thing. <laughs> around. And Delia and Atlas are right there, mm. which sort of takes mm. you to another place. And then sort of then the prophecy happens and that news report happens and you guys have to get out and just so happens you're like here here's these people now i will say i think the paragon freelancers they tried real hard to recruit you guys and you're like ain't about that life um so obviously that that was a a choice itself but you kind of see how sometimes i feel like i maybe use coincidence too often um, obviously coincidences will happen atlas and delia being on the same place that you guys were going and running into alex so you kind of are forced to go a particular way i guess you could have said no but yeah yeah, yeah. but i feel like there's a difference between coincidence and kind of reward for the players where we got i feel like we got the paragon freelancers information because we saved that person we saved mikey from the building yeah. mm-hmm. and it just so happened that it was a coincidence or whatever but like we did that and we succeeded in the fight and more than that we saved somebody and so we got a reward and the reward was um we don't have to immediately spike drive back and be under fire from a bunch of beholder collective ships mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it doesn't really feel like railroading because we still had that option if we were like i don't know if these people can help us we could have gone back and, and done all of that yeah i definitely appreciate having some of that i mean maybe meta level direction kind of pointing toward like this would be a good place to go because yeah like david said it's not forcing us to go there but it, if it's kind of even even if it's coincidental if it's a natural payoff for what we've already done and it just kind of makes sense at the time i'm totally good with that cool let me go through the the we're getting through my my, my questions i know sorry the 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 user submitted questions (laughs) (laughs) oh this is another uh style question that i'm curious about um this is mostly curious for myself so because I have a nine to five job, I need to not always be working on this. So I use a fairly light um, preparation method. And I've noticed from editing these that I sometimes contradict myself. Have you guys noticed any major contradictions? I don't think I generally make contradictions within the major story itself, but oftentimes the little minuscule stuff, um, the biggest one that I remember, and I think I've told a couple of you about this specifically, is when you guys first meet Claire, you ask them, obviously, about Aaron Version and Erica Watanabe, but she says she doesn't recognize either of those names. And then mm. later, a couple mm-hmm. episodes later, she says she does recognize Erica Watanabe's, Watanabe's name. She was one of the people who occasionally visited her where she was on Orisiyame. So, like, obviously, we do this... Sessions tend to be uh, two weeks apart, so sometimes I don't always remember things. Sometimes I don't write things down. Have you ever noticed like any major contradictions? I'm just trying to like get better about trying to be a little bit more self consistent. I haven't noticed anything, but I'm also not the kind of person who notices that kind of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like things like that Claire thing can be explained the way in universe. She was yeah. just waking up. She was heavily drugged, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's pretty tough. She was impressive. She remembered her own name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, same thing. I 
can't think of anything in particular. Maybe like small stuff here and there that doesn't even bear like writing down in notes. Yeah, it's not been an issue. I think I would. Obviously, you care very much about this. I would highly encourage you to not be too concerned about these contradictions, because like you said, you got sort of the main stuff in there. And I think the reason we're doing this is we're not like writing story that definitely like we know where we're going. Stuff's going to change along the way. And as long as people are enjoying listening to it, I don't think it really matters if like you know, people's hair color changes or whatever. <laughs> um, or they, they turn very tall and have red hair. Deadly, yeah, oh, yeah. Just for example. I, I forgot that Rodano was a space panda. Like, that's true. I, I was completely I envisioning that, that very differently. And I think that's okay because it doesn't really super matter to the story. It matters that there is an entity that exists right here and probably their approximate size matters for fitting through doorways and such but yeah <laughs> I, I i think we're doing this because it's fun not because we're professionals if somebody was paying you for this then how dare you just take more notes <laughs> but i would be say. worried about you taking too many notes mm. and then like finding it harder to participate in the experience while you're talking that's completely fair i appreciate that thank you guys yeah. this is a, a couple of questions regarding the um the setting um, so I think I've shared with you guys the sector map, uh, mm -hmm. which is a lot of different sectors. And you guys have visited two of them. And obviously, I have not fleshed out all of these different planets or these different sectors. Uh, sorry, these different systems. And I was wondering, um, do you ever feel like just th through the setting, uh, you feel like you can't hook into the setting because some of these things are a little bit up in the air. Um, as in like, you don't necessarily know what, uh, the Panipola system kind of has and what the polo kind of looks like <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, even some of the planets that you guys have visited, um, gal don't have a super fleshed out structure to them. Only had a couple of cities that I had put together. Have you guys ever felt like, there were missing patches in this universe. And additionally, have you guys ever wanted to say like, here's a thing that I think might be neat um, that either uh, influences my character or just an idea just in general about sort of this collaborative setting building, because that's something that you can't necessarily do depending on the D and D campaign that you run or like the pathfinder that those have sort of set settings with set gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. David's making a face because obviously you can homebrew something. You can add a village here or there, add a city here or there, but there's always that structure to go back to. And it, were you guys, have you guys ever been interested in building out, flushing out different parts of this system more? Not specifically as in like, it's not something that's ever burned on my mind, but mm. I think like I, I appreciate that it's there and that if it ever kind of occurred to us, I mean, you've dropped the, like Pani Paola as a place that we might have some interest in going to at some point because there are things over there that we now know about. But no, I mean, just like if we go back to the regular waterships analogy for a second, like, you know, if we're going between England and France most of the time because that's where we're from, like, I don't need to know what's happening in Russia, but it's nice that it's there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's about just right. In. It's nice that Russia's there. <laughs> General shot in Russia. Um, yeah, I feel like... Retract that statement. You don't... Yeah, the, the same thing. Is it 
we are going to have places that we're going to want to go to and we're going to find a way to get there. Um, if you're interested in building the universe up even further, there are some really great systems that are like meant specifically meant for world building. Mm -hmm. um, the one that comes to mind is the Quiet Year, which I think the McElroys recently did on the Adventure Zone. And they got that from Friends at the Table, which is a, another really good uh, podcast where you like you every everybody just kind of takes turns and like builds up a setting um, from the ground up, which you know isn't for every group, but is is a thing if like you kind of want to sit down and really help build it up. Oh, absolutely! And and one thing I would love to say about the Stars Without Number system is it does this also very well. Um, this Sectors Without Number is a, um, a web page that I'm using that um, was built by someone who's using effectively the Stars Without Number system, but it gives you ways to generate planets and then give tags to these planets. And from those tags, you kind of get uh, an idea of some of the things that might happen on it. Um, for example, you guys are heading to Orisiame, and it has two tags associated with it. It has Civil War, and it has uh, terraform uh, Weird Terraforming. Um, and so that speaks to some of the things that might be happening there or who might be there, or what interests might be there. And they have like friends and um, things of interest and uh, points of interest, which is extremely useful. I guess what I was mostly asking is just, um, do you feel like this is something that you guys are helping create like the setting? And if it is something, if you wanted to build it more on it or, are fine with just sort of me filling, fleshing out the things and then me telling you off air, hey, Alex, this is a place that you said you went. This is what this place sort of looks like. Does that kind of make sense? Because right now you guys all have some idea of a backstory that is slowly being solidified by us telling it. So it would be useful for your characters to have an idea of what these different places might look like or what they might find there or interactions that they may have had does that make sense yeah, yeah. i think that for me i'm terrible at remembering these sorts of things mm. as mentioned before there's a reason why i made a character who's very disinterested and stuff i'm like i will focus on my mission and then when i forget things i can blame it on the fact that the robot does not care about them as opposed <laughs> to i have clearly forgotten what is going on mm. yeah i mean i feel like for me, the biggest point this has come up for as far as Micah is just like Orisiyame and like what it is like, where I, I kind of appreciate this back and forth we've sort of done. It's like, okay, you set out kind of the basics of this is what the, the culture and the situation is there. And then I sprinkle in like, okay, here's some people and some like broad strokes things. And then you fill in details. Like it's felt very organic. Excellent. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Pretty much the same thing with Alex of like, I, I like going back and filling in parts of the backstory and all of that there. But like even in the moment, if we end up in a place that's mentioned in the backstory or for, or I'd be like, hey, would I am I aware of that? Then it's just kind of being like, uh, Alex, you would know that there is like blah, blah, blah from yeah. there, which is cool. Like that's that's super chill. All right. I think we've had a pretty good discussion. So I'm going to uh, end it on a uh, one this one question that and I, we've already talked a little bit about it, but just overall feelings about the, the campaign so far, the, the tone, the pace, things that you like, things that you necessarily don't like, things that you'd like to see more of. 
one thing that I would like to see more of, and I, this is something that I need to work on a little bit as a GM, is um, there are times where I feel like I'm the only one describing the scene. And because this is a collaborative environment, I need to go out and say, Alex, what does that look like? Or uh, Micah, I see you're doing this so, um, this attack and you finish off this thing. It's one of the things I love, like Matt Mercer does mm-hmm. a ton of things great. Um, but there's definitely a, a, a good feeling for when a, a character sort of describes their actions and how they are interacting with the world. And so um, giving you guys an opportunity to do that more mm-hmm. uh, is something that I would like to um, add more um, general thoughts. I think that um, one thing I'd like to get a little bit better about is kind of like Nona's thinking versus the things she's saying out loud because there's some hilarious stuff going on over here, but like I don't ever tell anybody it. So (laughs) no one knows. (laughs) Um, For example, I was trying and I was trying to find a way to like share this with the audience that didn't make it. But there is like a couple episodes ago, we had this moment where she was like, well, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean you should do this thing. And the way I sort of inserted that into the story is I decided she saw pretty much more or less this exact interaction play out in a bar once and was surprised that it worked and was like, eh, might as well try that. Mm-hmm. Which is why I like changed the inflection and changed like everything. Cause she, I don't think she exactly knew what, what part of it worked. So she was just doing her best to replicate the entire thing wholesale Mm -hmm. and just hoping that we hit on the magical, whatever was said in there that um, I've also been keeping notes about rules and stuff um, that Nona has learned. Um, One of them is that Grarg, who is... um, (laughs) The bouncer from the first yeah, bar. Yeah, he's the bouncer from the first bar. <laughs> him, if yeah. somebody comes in with like a knife or something, he will take care of them. Note to self, this probably has a limit on range. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's been fun. Cool. So anything, do you guys have any comments about the, the tone, pace, things you would like to see, things you really like about um, what we've done so far? That we haven't necessarily mentioned yet. I think I've, I've liked the pacing overall and kind of the balance of, uh, you know, kind of free space for us to pursue what our characters are interested in and then some kind of more directed plotish type things. I appreciate that, like the, the system, like you said, is super deadly. So mm-hmm. having a ton of combat is not kind of realistic or necessarily a, a good thing. I've appreciated that we've had a little bit. Obviously, Mike is a little bit of a, combative person so she's going to seek that out some but yeah i think there there's been a good mix where obviously like we're we're not and we shouldn't do it like every session but yeah there's still a lot to talk about and people to interact with which is very nice cool yeah i i in my place how i lean more towards role-playing than combat i feel like there's been a really good mix of like you know almost dungeon crawling where, you know, you're going into combat and you know what to expect it, but then a lot of uh, downtime character interactions and those kinds of encounters. So I'm, I'm perfectly happy with, with that. I think, I don't think I have any problems there. Question mark. <laughs> Role-playing scares the crap out of me. <laughs> I'm trying to get better at it, but every time like, someone's like, no, no, what do you think? I'm like, no, don't go somewhere else. <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> I don't have opinions. 
Uh, Role playing is also something that I struggle with. It's a bit. very hard, but I'm <laughs> I'm enjoying. Improve. I'm having fun, you know, here and doing this. So overall, like good experience, I think. Yeah, cool. Y'all are fun. Awesome. Cool. Good. Yeah. That's those that most of the questions that I have. So I guess Ray. we'll see each other next week for uh, session sixteen. Oh my God. Oh. We got that. Yeah, we all get it. We did it. We did it. Hey! Good job. 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 Good